Hello and welcome to the Green Techpreneur podcast. In this episode, I'll be looking at Imperial College's pre-accelerator program for climate tech entrepreneurs. Imperial College has just had an impressive star-studded lineup with Bill Gates and Rishi Sunak to help kick off the Climate Tech Accelerator Undaunted, which is for full-time founders ready to run with their ideas. But it's got another first-of-its-kind program that it's about to launch for students who have brilliant entrepreneurial ideas and who want a chance to sharpen these ideas in a supportive environment. On the podcast today, I'm speaking to Pre- the Pre-Accelerator co-founders, Elliot and Filippo, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, so b- before we talk about the, the Pre-Accelerator, can you start just by sharing a little bit about yourself and how you first became interested in sustainability? Sure. Um, I'll start on my side. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Elliot. Um, so I think my first actually encounter with uh, anything climate was stupidly linked was when I grew up uh, in Geneva uh, and I actually saw uh, the, the power of multiple instances having, uh, you know, the possibility to make change through the SDGs, through the UN and so on. And I think that watching, you know, the ecosystem, the Alps changing very dramatically, it pushed me, uh, you know, to actually address uh, these problems and these unmet needs very tangibly. Uh, so I'd say that, um, you know, uh, the snow, uh, the glaciers, little details mm-hmm. from my home regions yeah. as well, uh, it made a difference. Um, I think my background is similar to Elliot's. Um, I've always been in close contact with the sea um, uh, as a sailor, a uh, fisher, and a fisherman, and a freediver as well. And so I witnessed at first hand the depletion of the sea, which um, brought me to start to look for solutions into the area of biodiversity and climate change. And then one thing led to another, and I got interested in this area. Mm. Uh, It's interesting, actually, because I've heard that from a few climate tech entrepreneurs that, you know, they had some background in farming or, you know, were traveling somewhere and had that firsthand experience uh, or or just of seeing that the devastation and the impact of climate change. And I think it's a it's a very strong motivator. Um, So can you talk a bit about the pre-accelerator program at Imperial College and um, just explain a bit how it works? Sure. So um, we created a um, program for student founders uh, to get them investment ready and help them uh, bring their idea to the next level. Mm -hmm. Um, It starts in February and we accept people that have an idea or that don't. And our main mission is to help them uh, gain the network and skills uh, useful to succeed in building their own climate startup. But at the same time, we want to connect them with the um, stakeholders that are able to help them develop their idea further, such as investors uh, or accelerators. Exactly. And what we aim to do is really build an ecosystem uh, around the pure accelerator where the power of community and the power of unity really allows them to uh, come up with a tangible product or a tangible idea at the end and be able to transition in other instances, other um, financial programs or fundraising programs. And what we aim to do to allow that is, you know, to build workshops, to build uh, mentorship schemes, uh, challenges, pitch days uh, and demo cafes uh, to give them, you know, uh, all the tools in hand and uh, the 
very foundation uh, of a pre-accelerator, how uh, we defined it, Filippo and I. And, and where did the idea come from? Did you personally have the experience uh, yourself of wanting to, to start a climate tech company or, or work in climate tech? Uh, or did you meet some other like students who had these ideas and you thought, actually, we really need something to help us move this forward? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Marianne. Uh, we actually had a talk, Filippo and I. Uh, it was last summer, and we were. It was so nice to find, you know, each other because we had this passion that was so raw for everything: mm-hmm. climate, sustainability, and also entrepreneurship. And we said we need to set up something that will be heard, but also something that will inspire people and that will give clear opportunities and possibilities at the end. And that's how we came with a pre-accelerator. It's a bit of a new term. We tried to, to, to coin it how we felt it would represent our idea the best. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, it allow, allows, you know, any ramification or layer of, of a climate tech um, as a sector itself to be uh, explored. It could be built environment, energy, uh, CDR, a removal or any other um, ramifications. To add on top of that, um, yeah. Our mission as the Imperial College Cloud Entrepreneurs Club is to inspire students to create their own ventures. Because at Imperial, we have the people that will lead the future and we want them to lead the future in climate change. And by speaking with those future leaders, we understood that a big gap in the climate startup ecosystem Mm -hmm. is in the step from university to the job market. That's because people during university, they feel inspired and they do want to create ventures. However, they never do this because they feel like they don't have enough time, enough network, or just enough experience. And so they always think that they will start when they graduate. That moment happens and suddenly they have a student debt to pay out. They have corporate jobs that are really tempting. And so we understood that if we actually give them a program that fills in those gaps, when they graduate, they're going to know that there is uh, there are those partners that can help them bring their idea to the next level. And so they're going to join those paths. Thanks, uh, Filippo. I, I think this is a really interesting discussion, actually, about starting young. And it's like very often when we're young you know, we have the ideas, maybe we have the energy and we have a little bit more ability to take some risks in life. Let's say you don't need to have a family or a mortgage, uh, right? But then uh, there are also a lot a lot more obstacles sometimes in your way, um, you know, right? And not having experience in in working and or or the skill sets that you need which can be very beneficial and actually help you or or the network necessarily right so i just want to want to touch on this point a bit about starting young uh as an entrepreneur what do you see as as some of the benefits and and how can these you know people actually leverage it as a benefit but but then at the same time find ways to get around the, the downsides that's actually a great question um and it's a really con- controversial one as well. Yeah. So I think that the benefit of starting young is, as you said, that you have energy and you also have that beginner mindset that lets you approach a problem with a new perspective. And sometimes that can lead to a 10x solution. 
However, you don't have experience uh, and uh, also your network uh, or skill set can't compare with people um, that already have an experience. But look, I think it depends on the personality. I think if you are able to learn by doing and you are a resilient person, um, I think those qualities can help you start younger. Obviously, you will need help from mentors uh, and <clears throat> And also a good dose of enthusiasm to learn everything as you go along. But I think that's totally doable. So it's, I, th- I guess it's more about having the right mindset, right? That be- being open to learning, realizing that everything is going to be like a very steep learning curve. Exactly. But as long as you're you're willing to jump in with that open mind and, and find people around to support you, you can make it happen. I, I spoke to someone actually on this podcast who uh, has, has an amazing company called Produce Pay, and he also launched it while he was at his university. So um, and, and, you know, he said it was the support of his professors and people who, who encouraged him to start. Uh, so there are definitely examples out there of really successful climate tech startups um you know he's 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 now he's got 700 farms i think that he's helping and he's scaling up so there are definitely examples that i've personally seen where it can work really well but i think as always a lot of it is is like a mindset game uh as well <laughs> right yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely i yeah. think you need to be prepared to fail a lot uh, yeah. far more than you would fail if you had the experience and also be prepared to stand up after every failure and just learn from those. Yeah. And on top of that, I think, uh, Marianne, you know, starting very, very young, mm-hmm. both of us, one of the strengths is that, um, you know, the outlook or the perspective from people, um, you know, we're allowed to be uh, very spontaneous, uh, very creative. Uh, mm-hmm. And we just come in and propose something um, and have also the backing. And I feel like uh, the space um, and the, the judgment uh, is um, less heavy uh, because, you know, we are trying our best and we're really aiming to tackle something very young that is very close to our hearts. Uh, so I think that is something that uh, really impacted me at least um, and that I saw uh, was a game changer um, growing up. I, I would agree with that. And, and another thing is that to innovate, actually, you have to be willing to try something new and do something different. And if you've spent a couple of decades learning how to do things according to somebody else's agenda or the way a different business does it, while you do bring a lot of valuable experience, sometimes that can actually act as a bit of a a barrier to innovation. And it was something someone else told me um, who, who has a, a, is producing sort of like a green, a green, greener way of flying that they like to bring in people from a different background or with little experience because they don't see the limits that you start to see when you've been in, a, in an area for a long time and you know that these are the limits of what you can do or how far you can innovate. So, um, yeah, a lot of advantages there. Uh, let's let's move on to talking about how to validate your idea because in a pre-accelerator. I imagine a lot of what is actually going to be happening is that initial stage of how to validate my idea um, as as a young entrepreneur. So how do you help students uh, tackle this? Yeah, I mean, I quickly I quickly mentioned this, uh, but we can go a bit deeper. I think what we aim to do is uh, basically give them every tool in hand to be able to propose either an MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of a program or at least a solution that has a possibility to become a startup uh, in the future. 
And that's where the different uh, sponsors, collaborators, partners we have on board are really key uh, into, you know, um, shaping uh, the idea or directing them towards, you know, the, the, the good trajectories. And what we aim to do is basically along the programs, having different workshops, um, challenges, pitching days, and finish up with um, a, a big event uh, that is our demo day. And during our demo day, the different teams will be able to present uh, in front of different investors, partners, either from the public or private world, or even institutional, um, their idea, what they aim to do with it, what they are addressing, and how does that idea um, complement a gap in the current market sector, for instance, and why it would be worth possibly investing in the future. And on top of just being able to, you know, speak on something you're deeply passionate about, it's just an opportunity for them also to have their first uh, or one of many uh, pitching investment um, capabilities uh, and build on it in the future. Uh, so being able basically to provide an ecosystem that addresses from A to Z uh, what you would normally live as an entrepreneur uh, in our modern world. Mm. So that's some very valuable experience that you're actually bringing institutional investors on board <laughs> and a whole range of people with experience, right, to give direct feedback to, to the about the ideas that are being developed. Um, how could you just give me a little idea of numbers? Uh, you know, how many ideas have you had come through? Um, who who else is involved in the program? So there is no better question that you can ask a computer scientist than talk about numbers. So mm -hmm. we got around 200 applications huh? and we accepted around 100 people for the cohort. Wow. We want the program to be as diverse as possible, which is the reason why we have a really diverse academic background. Around 10 people in the cohort are PhDs. Mm -hmm. 39 of them, so around 40%, are postgraduates, and then the rest, 40%, is undergraduate. Um, they also come from uh, many universities, uh, such as, uh, of course, Imperial, but also Cambridge, MIT, Oxford, uh, Royal College of Arts, and LSE. We also open the program to people that have a team or idea and people that don't. Around half of the people we selected have already a team and idea they would want to work on mm -hmm. and half of them are still not sure about what to work on and need to find the team. <clears throat> Finally, we decided to accept a multidisciplinary cohort because we believe that something great can happen when you mix perspectives uh, from different backgrounds uh, and this is the reason why we have people that come from over 20 academic different academic backgrounds wow okay I, i'm really impressed with all those numbers that they, they, they literally just came out of your head right <laughs> like you've got them all down there's definitely a scientist <laughs> here uh, i didn't I spend uh, a lot of time doing data analytics on our applications not at all <laughs> okay <laughs> You can tell the imperial stem background behind it <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah so so yes yeah. so, so you're getting actually applications from from quite a number of universities and and bringing a lot of people a lot of people in a lot of people together is this an idea that you see spreading 
um, you know, let, let's say, and, and being something that, that grows and, and starts to actually launch in the future in other universities as well? Well, actually, Marianne, this is a superb question. That's, uh, yeah, uh, one of the things uh, we per- personally and together uh, thought about. Uh, we'll see in the future. As I say, uh, my motto is of PDM. But, um, yeah, this is potentially something we we're very interested to do. I think it has lots of potential in just being able to, um, you know, shape uh, the entrepreneur journey of lots of different students Mm -hmm. and also being able to uh, touch uh, a wider community not only just uh, in London uh, or around but also across UK Um, so you know step by step we have to be humble Uh, we'll see how it goes Uh, but I think there's all the ingredients uh, for it in the future uh, to uh, to be able to implement it uh, at a wider scale sounds amazing um, so I'll just move on to a, a couple more more questions about you and you know your your life values and philosophies. Um, well, who is your role model? Is there any you know key person that you look up to or or who you just feel was a big influence in your life, whether it's someone you know or or just maybe a book you read or <laughs> a a famous or or not so famous person that you know? Yes, definitely. Uh, on my side, it's uh, Jacqueline Novogratz. Jacqueline Novogratz is certainly one of my role models. Uh, she's the, the founder of, uh, of Acumen. Uh, and what I really respect uh, in her journey and her ethos, uh, as well as the intersection uh, between um, entrepreneurship, uh, activism, uh, inspiring people, mm-hmm. the power of speech as well. Uh, speech can unlock lots of doors. And it has something very subtle. Uh, it, it can really touch you emotionally, so you don't have to actually speak exactly the same language, uh, the gestural, but also the words, um, you know, uh, can uh, can make the difference. So on my side, I definitely say Jacqueline Novogratz, and she's got a superb talk that I recommend uh, also seeing. So uh, that's uh, that's her on my side. Oh, thanks. I'll I'll make sure to include a link to the talk in the show notes. <laughs> and, and what about you, uh, Filippo? So I have two main. Um persons I look up to um the first one is my grandfather mm-hmm. just because uh his life and connection to nature is an inspiration for me and the second person is Astro Taylor he's the captain of Moonshot of Exa uh, which is yeah. uh, part of Alphabeta yeah. and I look up to him and his company's mentality of radical creativity and disrupting uh, current technologies with a beginner's mindset something that i've always believed in and uh, even before uh, hearing about him so it's and it's something that i definitely recommend people looking up to because it it inspires uh, people to be creative and find radical solutions toward problems Mm, i like that radical creativity um do you have a a life philosophy or, or a favorite quote yeah. What go about ahead. you? Yeah, I'll go ahead. Um, I, I'd say on my side is definitely uh, being able to enjoy the, the present moment. Mm. And yes, indeed, uh, reflect on the past, put objectives in the future. But I feel like uh, time, time is uh, the modern uh, missing piece. I think it's how you can um, accomplish all your goals in life is actually being able to understand that in the present moment, there's so much things happening, uh, and that you don't um, you don't have to overthink. Sometimes uh, you just have to go with the flow. 
Mm, nice one. I would say more than a quote. I have a, a story, which is mm. a story by Paolo Coelho. Um, he talks about a voyager that goes into a, a master's castle to learn about uh, the secret of life. And master gives him a spoon with water and tells him roam around the castle. And the castle is amazing and has all these big pictures. And then he roams around and comes back and he asks again for the meaning of life. But now the spoon is empty. And so he says the meaning of life is to enjoy the beauty of the castle without losing the water in the spoon. And I think, you know, to connect with what Elliot say, that really resonates with me because I think there are so many important things in life that you should always be balanced and not lose sight of what is really important. Mm, I love That's that, fun. especially on a on a discussion about entrepreneurship because we all know that it can become a rabbit hole sometimes. Um, so, so while we're on this topic, uh, what do you do? Obviously, you've been you've been working really hard on on, on launching the pre accelerator. But when it's time to unwind and and you just want to kick back and relax, uh, is there is there a hobby or, or something you turn to? I love surfing. So, whenever uh, I have time uh, or whenever uh, the conditions uh, are good, uh, I never miss an opportunity to just go there. Otherwise, uh, I, in those more difficult days, I enjoy free diving as well, which is something that you can do in London as well. I learned something uh, new. <laughs> I didn't know you could free dive in London. <laughs> on my side, I, I'd say I love to read. Uh, it's something, uh, something that really shaped me as a person, given the literature background of my mother. Um, I'm very sensible to art also thanks to her so that's definitely something I enjoy and I think I had the chance to have a fiber from her and I also enjoy sports in general so I'd say handball is my main sport and uh, windsurfing so long lost wind from Filippo here <laughs> uh, both uh, water people uh, I think yes. um, something that uh, means a lot to me as well so, so yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, if you could teleport yourself into your future let's say 10 years down 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 uh, from here and you could be anywhere doing anything where would you be and why i would be close to the sea yeah working on ocean conservation uh, and having already restored uh, marine biodiversity and global biodiversity in general and the reason for this is because um it's a problem that i fell in love with uh, many years ago and it's something that still intrigues me to solve mm. it's beautiful on my on my side uh, uh i'd see a bit of a different trajectory something a bit more uh urban so being able to, to be you know in an ecosystem where lots of different things questions problems are being uh, addressed also through speech and so being able you know to unite people through the uh, power of discussion, communication, and awareness on different themes and being able to propose concrete solutions for it. Hence, uh, entrepreneurship is something that um, really passions me. So I've been always very interested by the intersection between uh, life science and diplomacy. So that's something I, I, I really uh, I really consider in the future. Uh, and I feel like um, I could uh, hopefully uh, uh, give a hand. Sounds awesome. So net network building, I guess more more network building, <laughs> right to come. 
yeah, not necessarily just network building, just being able to uh, hopefully uh, with uh, the experience uh, uh, I would have gained at that time uh, to be able to, you know, uh, make uh, some decisions on some concrete unmet needs or problems that we see in the climate tech space or for mm -hmm. life sciences space. Uh, and be able to to unite people through it, and more importantly, to stay the same person as uh, as I am, and be able to be still connected with my values through it. So, so yeah, awesome. inspiring food. Right. Uh, well, it was really amazing to speak to you both. So, thanks for taking the time to join me on the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Marianne. It was great to speak with you. Great to speak to you. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye.